My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I got a minute shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, just tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. This is a special edition episode swap cast combo mashup, okay? I am going to be presenting to you guys an unreleased conversation between Sam Tripoli and I on his Patreon, which no longer exists, folks. Uh, It's just Rockfin now, so if you love Sam Tripoli as much as I do, go over to rockfin.com and uh, sign up and and check out all the great content creators on Rockfin. We've got Joe from Legit Bat coming on the show soon, and he happens to be on Rockfin. I was just on his show the other night with the Grimerica guys, uh, and that was live on Rockfin, so... After this episode, go check that out, but stick around. We've got an interview between Sam Tripoli and I, and then after that, an awesome swap cast between myself and my good buddy, Ryan Dean, from the Dangerous World podcast. My lovely co-host, Tara, also joined us for a conversation about the Jesuits. So stick around after that short conversation with Sam Tripoli for the Jesuits Get the lowdown on the Jesuits and some other things that are relevant in the news. You know my man Ryan Dean. He's uh, definitely on the ball with a lot of the things going on, current events. Me, I've been up here on Sweetheart Mountain, folks, just kicking it unplugged. So we've got a lot of really interesting episodes in the pipeline if you want to listen to a fantastic conversation between michael Wan, jenny rivers his significant other and my significant other tara and i the four of us had a great conversation on the first episode of scene and if you sign up on the patreon patreon.com slash mftic you'll be able to check that out right away as well as a lot of other great content, me breaking down the skills, the tools, the physics of this organic simulation that we're living in and exactly how to break out of the matrix. Take the journey, roll the dice with us, and come see...
and welcome to your daily dose for today, May 14th, 2020. I want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, I, it was, I had a crazy day. Uh, so base, can you hear me, Mark, by the way? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So I just want to say guys that, uh, it's been a kind of a crazy day. Good morning, Swarm. Good afternoon, Swarm. Uh, good night, Swarm. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and I appreciate it. Joining me, uh, I'm just going to say his name. I don't know if he wants me to say his full name, but uh, we got to discuss that, but join me back on the program is uh, Mark P. Mark, do you want me to say the whole name or just Mark P? You can call uh, me Mark Palmer. Mark Palmer's cool. Mark Palmer's cool. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you? Mark, it's good to see you again. Last time you were on, you, we were discussing a little bit of the uh, Freemason and the secret societies, right? Yeah, skull and bones. Look at you, Mark. You look like you uh, you got some something interesting to talk about. I'm super excited. Mark, by the way, my question to you, brother, you were talking about how our last uh, meeting, there was a cliffhanger. Please remind me what the cliffhanger was and where are we at with that? Well, I left you with a little teaser about the bowl meditation. The ball meditation or bowl? Bowl, like what you eat out of okay yeah so um you want me to jump right into it yep you got it dude so get out your notebook swarm this is a little magical technique that i've learned i've used i've told it to friends and they've used it with success so let me lay it out really simply find a nice place to meditate simple right you have your intention in mind. You visualize a bowl at the top of your spine. Your skull is the bowl, right? So you see that bowl in your head, in your mind, and inside of the bowl goes a visualization of whatever you're intending. So I'll give you an example, personal experience, this was when it was verified to me, and now I have faith in this technique, and um, that's why I'm telling you right now. But anyways, so I work at a farmer's market. I sell bread, and um, one week I learned about the bowl meditation from a guy named Mike Sententia. He was on an episode of the Higher Side Chats with uh, Greg Carlwood, and... Um, <clears throat> He talked about the bowl meditation, so I tried it out, and uh, I didn't really put too much serious intention to it. I just kind of visualized gold coins falling into a bowl, right, and uh, kind of thought about wealth. Now, the key to the bowl meditation is once you set that intention and the item or the visualization goes in the bowl, forget about it, right? So the fact that I didn't really put too much thought into it kind of helped with the manifestation right so it's important it's very key to forget about this visualization afterwards because it's kind of showing your faith in the manifestation right so weeks later i'm at the farmer's market in fairfield right fairfield connecticut if anybody uh knows the area it's a pretty wealthy area and me and my buddy are working the farmer's market 
and sure enough, out of nowhere, a gold coin falls on the table, right? And it's not any gold coin. It's like a gold, you know, looked like a military dog tag, but it had a chain on it, right? Both of them were gold. So it falls on the table out of somebody's purse, and the person walks away and leaves. And by the time I noticed it, they were gone. So I turned to my friend. I'm like, what the hell? So my friend, he's a little more morally sound than me, so we didn't run right to the pawn shop like I wanted to. So we held on to it the next week, <laughs> you know, and I, I felt I felt good about that decision. So we waited for somebody to come back at the next farmer's market to see if, you know, they honestly lost it and wanted it back, and nobody turned up. So we waited a third week, and we were like, all right, Nobody showed up. We got to trade this in. So we go to the jeweler. It was worth $1,600. And I was blown away. We traded it in for cash. I split it with my friend. And, uh, yeah, we both walked away with 800 bucks for, for doing this bowl meditation thanks to Mike Centenia. And, um, yeah, I mean, Sam, you missed it, but I laid it out pretty simple how to do the bowl meditation. And uh, all right, well, you know what, man? Maybe both of it. Maybe you need to like write it down, and I'll put it in the, a video and simple steps, and we'll bang it out, and then we'll all get coins to go to Pawn Stars to pawn off and make those big dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's not just for you know things like that. I think that was more of. Uh, you know, that manifestation was a personal, personal thing. It kind of showed me that I could manifest something right on my journey. And uh, when I passed this on to my friend, he actually used the uh, bowl meditation to get a pretty good job interview. And uh, since then, you know, he's, uh, he's changed a few things in his life. And now he's got that job interview on the way and things are looking good for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's two people who've used the bowl meditation and uh, and it's worked out. But yeah, basically well, that's that's how it works. I'm in. We're gonna. I'm gonna talk to you after this and get in. I got two little bowl magics of myself that I had to take care of. But the the getting into what we somewhat talked about, you had had a conversation with somebody about what was going on with these towers these g g g g g towers yes of course so tell me what they told you about these g g g g g g towers all right i meet this chick you know we're like hey you want to meet up to smoke like yeah let's smoke so we meet up smoke a blunt you know i'm a stoner that's all i do smoke weed Nothing else, nothing more. So I hang out with this girl. I'm finding out about her and what she does and find out she works for AT&T. And, you know, being a tinfoil hat guy, I, I had some, uh, some 5G questions. So she was not really with the conspiracies, which, you know, made her, what her statement saying, you know, her statement was way more credible, in my opinion, because she's not, like, listening to conspiracy theories about this. So I'm thinking <clears throat> to myself, all right, so she tells me that ever since the quarantine started, 5G has been installed in schools, 
public buildings, libraries, all these different, you know, public services. She's saying that they're getting, you know, a lot of jobs setting up different 5G installations. This is in Connecticut, so, you know, we've been pretty, pretty strict over here with the uh, quarantine rules being a, a democratically run state, but, uh, but yeah, basically, basically she told me that, yeah, AT&T's been setting up uh, 5G towers more than ever. Let me tell you real quick one more time. What'd she say to you? She said they're setting up 5G towers. This was about two weeks into the quarantine. She said that they were setting up more 5g stuff than ever like they were pet putting it in schools they're putting it in libraries she said they were busier than ever because i asked her you know like are you busy at work or you know are you guys shut down and she was saying no we're working more than ever we're setting up different you know all the different i don't know the technical terminology but yeah they're basically setting up the different arrays of uh the means to to, to set up 5g um, do you, did, did you ask her if she understood what 5G represented? Well, yeah, when I told her about how 5G operates on a wavelength that's destructive to our cells because our cells are operating on a frequency that's similar, so our cells' vibration can be messed up by the broadcasting of 5Gs, and she kind of brushed it off as, oh, that's conspiracy, you know, is there scientific evidence behind it? And I'm like, yeah, well, if you do the, re you know, I don't really like, to, on a Tinder date, I'm not going to argue with the girl. No, about really? It. You're not going to try to cock block yourself? Yeah, exactly. I was just kind of like, listen, if you care enough, go into it, you know, but, but yeah, she, she definitely wasn't with it like, like that, no. Get laid first, then open her. Exactly. Exactly. The things we do to get laid, these women don't understand this. We do; they don't understand it. But we know, we know if they want to pull some shady shit, the best way to do it is lock us all in, so we're at home, so they can't see us, and install these things that they think we 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 they think we think they're trees. They're like, oh, look at that Lego Land looking tree over there. It's ridiculous. I've seen, I actually, I drove down, uh, two weeks ago, I drove down to DC and, um, you know, I'm driving down the highway and, uh, I saw maybe at least two dozen 5G towers driving from Connecticut to DC and back. Um, I didn't drive to DC for any reason other than to take someone to the airport, but it was nice to visit. I've never been there before. It was kind of weird seeing how deserted the place was, you know, because everybody who works in D.C. can afford to uh, to work from home. So nobody's downtown in, in D.C. right now. It's a complete ghost town. But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting drive. Dude, I'm telling you right now, brother, something's going on. I mean, like, it's so much more than even – I mean – it. We're at war right now, dude, and people don't even get it. And I'm just watching these people yell at people for not having masks on, even though there's no medical reason 
for people to have masks on, but yeah. people are yelling at other people. And it's like, oh, this is how Nazi Germany got started. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, taking that fear vibration and amplifying it. Everybody is being broadcasted fear on a daily basis and, and they're responding in just the way that, you know, and, and think about the mask. It's a uniform. It's a, it's a uniform, and if you don't wear the uniform, you're not with the, the uniformity. You're not with the government. We should question everything. Mark, you want to say something real quick? And welcome to your Daily Dose for today, uh, June 28th, 20, uh, 2020. Uh, since we didn't get, uh, we were supposed to do this uh, episode with Mark on Friday, but you know, life gets a little crazy when you have two babies. Joining me, he's got a great podcast he's going to tell us about. Please welcome Mark Steves. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. Grateful you to be here, Sam. Grateful I feel like you, I feel like you've grown your hair out since we last saw you. Yeah, barbershops have not been open for a few months, so I, I'm a little late to get back in there. Did they shut? I mean, they shut down clubs out here today. So I wonder if that means hair salons as well. It's just, and we're just, and here's the most interesting thing about it, right? Is they've, they've closed particular counties. So it's not a statewide, it's just particular counties. And it basically comes down to how much did your county push back? If your county pushed back, you got a very little bit of a shutdown. If you're, County just bent over and took it in the ass. They shut you down completely. Yeah. That's why I hate living in. I, that's the one thing I hate about living in LA. It's just a bunch of just crazy. It's just a bunch of cucks. I heard that uh, the red states that opened up early, the re, one of the main motivations for them opening back up was. Uh, we still there? Yep. Yep. Sorry. Uh, one of the main motivations for them opening back up was because they didn't want to have to pay all these small businesses, whatever they were supposed to pay them. So now small businesses are left with the option like, hey, like you can either open or not, you know, and that way it's not the state's liability to take care of them financially. if they Which be is what it should be. Yeah. It should be that. It should be, listen, uh, you make the rules for customers to come in. People should make decisions on whether they want to venture out or not. If you live with somebody who is in the 0.5% that could be affected by this, elderly, diabetes, lungs, you know, all those other things, then you should 100% uh, not go out. But the rest of us should. I mean, they're literally having gay pride parades. And, like, that's not anti-gay right now. I don't care what you do with who you do it with. I don't care. None of it means anything. You want to do whatever you want with consenting adults, do it. Why are they having parades and protests, but businesses can't be open? And that, And if you don't realize... If you don't realize that is the psyop, then I can't do anything for you. Yeah. I mean, I wear the mask only at my job and when I go in the grocery store. 
And whenever I'm a Lyft driver, so whenever I have people in the car, you know, I tell them, hey, take your mask off if you want. But you'd be surprised how many people, Sam, especially now that coronavirus is in everybody's face, people who you would never expect to be down with conspiracy theories, just like once you mention, like, I'll usually say, hey, you know, what do you think about this little fishy, right? And boom, they're already off and going, yeah, I think it's this, that, you know, and everybody has a theory, but it's crazy how much that's changed because I remember when I was in high school and, and college, if you mentioned a conspiracy theory people would look at you like you told them you were cutting yourself you know it's like it just like you know they looked at you like you were an alien so it's just now i think it's a 9-11 type moment where people are gonna look back and be like yeah ever since coronavirus i've been a truther or i've been a conspiracy theorist you know just like you know people like us say 9-11 was our big you know wake up moment some people had it earlier later but you know, what's interesting about the time we're in right now, Sam, is that the Enochian calendar, right, and the Mayan calendar both state that this year we're in right now is the real 2012. And the Gregorian and Julian calendar had screwed it up so that we got the whole big, oh, it's 2012, eight years early. And they've been loading the pot, Sam, with all these, you know rituals like they do you know we we've talked to isaac weishop we know we we see what's going on and the pandemic is no different and it's all happening in this very very pivotal year many many planets are lining up greg carl would just had ross ben on his show love ross had, ben dude you gotta have him back on to talk about astrology because the things he's talking about with the alignments of the planets especially coming up around the election i mean we're talking about changing the world forever sam so listen to this on april 4th this year there was a global meditation that changed the schumann resonance and the last time that happened was on 9 11 you remember you've talked about this on your podcast the schumann resonance and how they have the the random number generation generator with the random guys remember that so, you know, they're talking about how they were able to get everybody who was quarantining, quote unquote, to do this meditation, who's down with it. And they're going to be doing another one coming when? up July. Um, I'm going to email. I'm going to message you the details. OK, yes. I mean, because, you know, I didn't take notes. I was just listening to it on the podcast, but. You know, anyone out there, go check out Greg Carlwood's podcast. He mentions it in the last five minutes of the episode if you want to check that out. All right. I'm going to have to get Ross Ben back on emergency Dude. podcast to and discuss you know, this. Sam, I got to say, though, I don't know if you know this guy. You probably do, but he has not been on your podcast. And I'm wondering if it's just because of it, of him and his personality. But have you ever heard of Crow 777? He spells his name C R R O W. I I I've heard of him. I don't know that much of him. There's there's very few people that I would say I'm not going to have them on. He's yeah. not one of them. Yeah. I was under the impression that he might have been working with Owen Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> no. okay. I don't. Know. Well, he's 
you you should talk to Greg about him because he's done at least nine THC episodes with Greg, and not to like you know poach Greg's guests or anything. But no, I don't. You know, I mean, like we're I all think... in the same community. It doesn't. You know, nobody looks at it like that. I'm sure Greg doesn't either. But but my point is is Crow has all the info on the moon, dude, and like shit that you've never heard about the moon. Like he has telescopes set up pointed at the moon. 24 7 and he's always watching and the shit that he's recorded on the moon is pretty wild his theory is that it's some kind of hologram that's generated and that's why sometimes it looks 2d sometimes the craters look like they're bubbling out sometimes they look like they're really concave so he and he's captured some of this the green wave, some people called the green flash. Even Burt Kreischer's talked about the green flash, but he's captured it on the moon, the green wave. Uh, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find Crow 777. If anyone knows how to to, um, get a hold of him, I will try to get a hold of him and get him on. And I will think about getting on a Ross Ben as well. I'd love to have him back on. And, you know, Ross, Ben, I remember when you first had him on, it was kind of a, a little mix up because you thought he was going to tell you about black nobility. And he thought you meant like African nobility. But, you oh, know, I didn't even realize that. And that's yeah, fine. That's that, well, I, you know, I I was so excited to see him on THC because I love, you know, I've been listening to your show i've been a patreon member for at least two years now i like your style of interviewing like compared to other podcasts where they're a little drier because you bring like information out of guests that they might not have said if they had just sat down and looked at their notes you know because you keep it very conversational very fun but anyway so yeah ross ben you got to talk to him about philadelphia and you got to talk to him about the mounds because like the way he deciphers this stuff is it's just unbelievable like how you know the obelisks in washington dc and all these different monuments they're all placed on oh. sacred spots that the native oh, americans had know. lined up so all right, i'm gonna know. try to find this crow guy that's my next goal is find this crow guy well cool. cool he's uh he he's cool with greg so i would maybe ask greg but um but if you want to get into it, man, fluoride. Go for it, dude. Go for it. Go for you it. Had, you had a dentist on the podcast. And I and didn't I was, ask him, and you're right, and I will have I him on shocked. again. I will. <laughs> you know what, man? Here's the thing, dude. It's, it's this weird kind of thing where, like, I don't – I know it's going to sound weird, but I don't like to go into interviews over-prepared. Because I, I think you stare a conversation a certain way to fit your research. So what I like to do is be like you guys and hear the information. I want to be the voice of the listener, hearing the information for the first time and then ask going, what are the questions the listeners are thinking? And ask those questions so that you at home kind of feel like you have you're asking the questions i went back in the day i would steer the the i would steer the 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 interview to find the research and the slant that i thought it was and i thought that was kind of like not good interviewing in my opinion 
I'll tell you what, I've been with you since around episode 100, okay? That's when I started listening. And there's definitely, you've moved into that direction. I remember like episode 19, where you talked about JFK with that guy, Jack. You had some sick information that I've never heard on any other podcast come out of that guy because you steered the conversation. But now you've, you know, adapted that and it's, you know, it sets your podcast apart. And it's why now that we're in 2020 and this consciousness movement is growing and people are becoming conscious, your podcast is perfect because it's like you say all the time, it's the white belt podcast, put your fucking white belt on, come into the dojo, laugh about conspiracies with us. It's not serious because that's what turns a lot of people away. You know, you start getting into conspiracies and people are like, I don't want to deal with these negative vibes, dude. Like, I don't want to think, you know, I'm just trying to party. And those are the blue pill people, but you got to still try to slip blue pill people, red pills every now and then. Yeah, you know? you're right, Mark. That's a great you way know? to put it. And that is the function of the pot. It is, it is conspiracy. I hate the phrase, but conspiracy for dummies, not that people are dummies, but <laughs> it's meant to be digestible, user-friendly, approachable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you know, I, I make sure because when you say certain words, dude, okay, you're going to lose ev everybody. If you start just yelling about Jews, okay, you're going to yeah. lose everybody. If you start yelling about gays, you're going to lose <laughs> everybody. It's just the way it is. Cause, and ultimately, unless you're Tim Dillon, unless you're Tim Dillon. Well, Tim Dillon's style is different. I know what Tim Dillon's doing, and I, I, I totally have zero problem with it, but he's him and I are trying to do two different things, and that's fine. Tim, People got to realize that Tim is 31 years old. I'm much older, okay? I'm done trying to connect with the powers that be in Hollywood. And I'm not saying Tim's doing that, but I, I don't think that's not what Tim's doing either, and I don't have a problem with that. Because at that age, you should be trying to do that. He He's he has he hasn't been through the grinder enough that to understand like what he's trying to get into, which is a fucking den of vipers who are phony as fuck. So yeah. and, and, and when you when you start going down that that road, right? Because well, Tim's in an interesting place. Because Tim has his one foot. He's in the Rogan Legion Skanks group. And the other foot, so Hollywood seems to be like, this is the guy we've been looking for, right? Uh, 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 you know? An edgy it's, gay guy who looks yeah. straight. <laughs> well, it's also like along the lines of this sacred victim thing that Hollywood loves. And by no means am I saying that Tim is a victim. I'm but just he's saying, aware of that beforehand. So if he does get involved in that paradigm, I don't, I mean... Yeah, of course, there's a chance he could, you know, turn to the dark side, so to speak. But I think having a guy whose first podcast was a conspiracy theory podcast where he went to bat against pedophiles getting involved in that, it's almost like him. He's becoming a double agent, Sam, because the people who he's the snakes that he's going to get. Well, involved my with, thing is this. When you when you get to that point and paychecks start coming, right? Yeah, you know what? Are you it. still a double agent? And listen, no, you're right. You're I right. loved him. I have I I knew of Tim before everybody else did. I yeah. had Tim on Tim Foil Hat when he was just opener at the uh 
at the stand and nothing there's nothing wrong being an opener at stand at the host it's a wonderful club and it's a great job to have i've known tim since that tim's very good at what he does he can walk with that line but there will eventually become a time where what you know and what they want you to say will be at, at, at will be bumping heads and the question yeah. is what do you what do you do at that moment and yeah. who knows Man, you know, I'm still getting shit for the Crystalia stuff. I don't know well, why this camera is making me so dark, but I'm sorry, guys. It's a new camera. I'm still working with it. But you look great. I look I look dark. I got the lights on. I don't know why I'm so dark. I, I just got a new camera. But, you know, for me, dude, I'm still getting crap from Crystalia. And I don't know if you've seen the response of all the girls that he basically put the emails out. Their whole, their whole response was his. he's confirming that he did it. But what they're all saying, it's like, yeah, but he asked me for news before he asked me how old he was. Well, he doesn't know how old you are at that moment. I don't want to get into the more Chris stuff because more stuff's coming. Okay. Um, no, we, you know, you've talked about cancel culture a lot. You know, I mean, it's definitely a, a hot topic. But what isn't a hot topic is fluoride, Sam. So let's get back to fluoride. Well, I just want to say this last thing. Again, Tim, I'm not attacking Tim. I love no, that Tim was Dillon. Me. I brought him up. I was just trying to make a dumb joke. If I, Tim I listens just, to this, he can blame it on me. He, he doesn't. Uh, I would love to have everybody just burn everything down. I'm I, I'm down with, I you know, I'm blessed to be with my, my chick and these two girls. Uh, we watch nothing but kids shows now. And the amount of pedophile symbols in there is just, Mind blow. There's this thing called chip and cookie, chip and potato. Chip and potato. Now, uh, chip and potato, chip, chip is the little chip is a pug. Chip is a pug. Now, the pug has a heart, a pink heart inside a little pink heart inside a big heart, right? Which is which is a design. Chip, no, potato is the little. The little mouse inside its ears is the same design. Now go look at the fat. Go look at the FBI pedo symbols. It's the same thing. For some reason, this pug, the main character, has a little pink swirly at the top of his head for no other reason because no the other pugs have it. Have you ever heard of where the symbol of the heart comes from? Where? So Roman soldiers back when coins were more malleable, they would make like fake coins and whatnot to try to counterfeit and as like a mark they would put their balls on the clay before it dried and it would make the shape of a heart your testicles on on clay so what, you know, what? yeah so th what? and this is you know this is like this is like some uh you know middle school type stuff with that you talk about in class so i don't know how true this okay is, i just got I told this. that the heart symbol comes from people dipping their balls on uh, clay on clay and then flip the, that's upside down yep <laughs> okay fluoride i had a dentist on i'm a i'm an asshole for not asking i just no listen he no would, no i am okay i i, I he wouldn't I, I don't think he would have given you anything you know conspiratorial about fluoride anyways you know, I mean, he might have been able to tell you the history on it, but he seemed a lot of these guys that are in the, the field. I don't want to speak for him, but, you know, it's just not looked at. Yeah, 
And plus he wanted to give me a gold tooth. So I don't know. But I'm always <laughs> I just spaced it and I can't believe it. There's been times like if I ever get uh if I ever get Alex Jones on, did I ask him on the last one about a, a Julian Assange? Did I ask him about that? I can't remember. But I don't remember. That's, that's the one question I've been wanting to ask Alex Jones, and I keep forgetting. But next time I have him on, I'm gonna write down ask yeah. about Julian Assange. Um fluoride. So Talk to me about it. How it was discovered is very important into understanding not only how fluoride has taken over and has a pervasive hold in our diets, but it's also a good example of what pharmaceuticals in general have done to society. So back in the 1800s, early 1900s, they were processing aluminum. They were making fertilizer. When you make these things, sodium fluoride is a byproduct, right? So in order to figure out what the hell was going on to these kids, they had some scientists go down, right? So what, what was happening to the kids? The kids that lived where the runoff of the fluoride was were growing these big brown mots. They call them mottled enamel your teeth grow huge brown, you know, spots. You might see it still in like, you know, poor rural areas, but yeah. So they were trying to figure out why are people's teeth turning brown? And they realized it was the fluoride in the water that was creating this calcification on the tooth. So they kind of theorized like, oh, well, maybe if we use this in small doses, it'll help, help calcify cavities yeah and and that's the whole idea with with pharmaceuticals is they're like these alchemists who only take one step the first step of alchemy is to break down your material into a finer material then you're supposed to purify it then you combine it back again and then it is exalted with your divine spark your spirit right that's alchemy pharmaceutical you know, the pharmaceutical industry, they only do the first part. They only break up the molecules. They don't purify them, right? So this is what's happening with fluoride is they're using the raw version of it, something that's cheap and easy to get because it's already a byproduct that they would have to spend money to, to put away. You know, you can't just, you know, dump these things anywhere. Sodium fluoride is very toxic. So they hire a guy. None other than Edward Bernays, the nephew of Sigmund Freud, who was very, very famous, Sam, for teaching people how to use manipulative advertising. Yeah, the century of me. Yep. So, so he was behind fluoride, too. And after, you know, it was already in water supply accidentally, the Nazis, sure enough, in this story of fluoride, the Nazis are there. They were using fluoride as a chemical agent, a chemical weapon against their Jewish prisoners, not just Jewish, anybody who was their prisoner. And what they found is that it nullified people. It depressed them. Now, Sam, it's the year 2020. It's a big year. Recently, you've moved to Rockfin and you're making this awesome new podcast, Zero. And I'm really excited about that because I can tell, I can tell this spiritual energy of the planet is shifting it's getting 
it's we're all ascending together to yes. the next level and that's why this kind of thing with rockfin is coming into fruition you're going to focus on spirituality well this is exactly the weapon that the elite are using against us is the lack of spirituality because chemicals like fluoride mess up our ability to metabolize calcium and where does that calcium end up sam it ends up in your pineal gland aka your third eye that's why people who have been dissected are found to have a stone in the middle of their brain sam because their pineal gland is calcified not only does fluoride interfere with calcium metabolism but it interferes with the electron transport in your body which ultimately affects your blood that's why all these you know the greatest generation that drank tap water their whole life that's why they're all on blood thinners sam because their coagulation is not calibrated correctly because they've been getting this lethal fluoride in their toothpaste in their water it's not supposed to go in your stomach that's why it says it right on the toothpaste label and europe has banned it other countries have banned it and the united states still has issues like flint with rust in their water so we're not even close to dealing with fluoride even though places like san francisco have banned fluoride so there are there is hope because municipally you know, my father works for a, a water, the water company in town, and he's he's brainwashed. He thinks fluoride is good for everybody. He doesn't know, and he won't talk to me about it because it's not his job to put it in the water anyways. But, you know, it, that's the kind of people we're dealing with, people who have just gotten a job, pushing along the status quo, not thinking outside of the box. And like you said, with the whole, you know, becoming a celebrity and, and still expressing your truth. It, that happens on a micro scale as well, where people are put into positions where they're doing something that they can either choose to think about and investigate, or they can just push it along to the next guy. And it becomes a moral issue because ignorance is a sin. I mean, not to get too spiritual, but we can't go on with our lives in ignorance. And I think that's why the spiritual awakening is happening now people are are having access to knowledge more than ever you know conversations like this are happening more than ever before and information is freely available even though it's actively being censored it's still not they're not able to catch up with it and podcasts like this are you know there's thousands of them you know different people talking about things that you won't hear in the mainstream but you know back to Back to the soul and the spirit. Real quick before you do that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I you know, someone's talking about uh local celebrity Jamie Stas not here, her first miss one, and that's okay because that's that's part of the thing. Everybody's gotta do it. I want everybody to know that I've made a decision that I'm gonna not be doing any more COVID podcasts. I've decided that because and I'm not gonna do anything about detention. I want to start. I want to start branching out because I feel like, you know what, man? I've been watching television. I can't watch because everything's COVID, all that stuff. And then it dawned on me recently that that's what I'm doing with the podcast as well. And so I'm gonna make sure, dude, that um, you know, I have one guy who wanted to come on and talk masks, but I'm gonna think I'm gonna tell him that uh, I, I'm not gonna do that anymore. 
I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I'm going to move on to something else. I don't want to talk about the, the virus anymore. We have all the information. We know it's what people come to talk. I think people use this pot. I, and I'm going to probably do it with this, this sh- which is going to be really hard, guys, to find something to talk about every day that Dude, isn't about it. You know? I got you right now, bro. Right. Earth. Switching How gears, pot- man. That's what we're going to do, everybody. We're going to switch some gears. Local celebrity, one of two black uh, swarms here. Welcome, Product Noel. But uh, I'm, I, uh, I've decided that, dude. And I've, uh, this is why I've decided I'm going to step away from doing uh, the COVID stuff. And, you know, here's the thing I want everybody to know about the Rockfin show. I've been wanting to do a spiritual show for a very long time. You know, I would have certain people on. And the numbers weren't that great. And I don't care about numbers. I got to be honest with you. I like the numbers be good enough than sponsors. But even that, I don't, I, deep down, I don't care about. I want to talk about the issues I want to talk about. Um, so I've always wanted to do spiritual stuff. And like, there's been a couple episodes like with my friend Paul uh, Dion and then the Von Galt, who is the uh, guest this Monday on the pod on uh, Zero. Um, I just wanted to do this, man, because like the, the in particular the Von Galt episode really changed how I how I want to see the world and how I want to act and what I want to focus on in my life. So that's something that I just wanted to talk because um, you know, I saw that local celebrity Jamie Starr wanted to take a some time off, and she should, and I appreciate everything she's done. But I'm just gonna tell you, I'm gonna try my hardest to mix it up, to make it interesting. And I just want to say, so let's get back to the universe, Mark. What, where, do you remember where you were? Yeah, of course. Go so, for it. Uh, so we're living in this toxic environment, right? What can you do to get away from the doom and gloom? What can you do to get away from that, right? Because we don't want to dwell on that. You got to drink water, nice, clean, fresh water. I got one sure that cleans no it, purifier. And make sure there's no fluoride in it. I've been drinking Whole Foods brand 365 water. It doesn't have fluoride in it. That's the closest like natural food store to me. So I go there and I just get get it in the plastic. Some Whole Foods have the tap. But uh, that's the first thing you can do to flush you know, that out of your body. Obviously, don't use fluoride toothpaste. Despite what the propaganda tells you, you don't need fluoride in your toothpaste. There are other ways. Coconut oil is amazing. It does a lot for your oral health, not just as a toothpaste, as a toothpaste ingredient, but also as like a mouthwash. If you ever have any tooth pain, you can use coconut oil to get that out. So don't run. Do you know what else they say is good for your teeth? Urine. You know what, Sam? You said that on a podcast and I tried it. Because I had a really bad toothache. I remember you said that. And that's something that I've gone through in my life is is dental hygiene and, you know, not having great dental hygiene when I was younger and now dealing with that in later in life. And that's what kind of led me down the whole fluoride rabbit hole early. But yeah, I did. I did try that. I watered it down, but I tried it. And did uh, it work? Dude, placebo is a powerful thing to discount. I don't know. I, you know, I have 
a lot of faith in you, man. So maybe it was placebo, but yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely uh, satisfied something because I didn't, I didn't try it again. But <laughs> I didn't did you more? Did it help your teeth? I mean, at that point, I already put coconut oil in my mouth too, so it, it could have been either or. Yeah, I don't want to say it worked because I don't want anyone else to go out and do it. <laughs> I got that. I got that. So the universe. So we're entering this kind of amazing thing. Well, well, let's let's talk about you know you're getting into this idea of like how can you stray away from COVID. Nassim Harriman. Have you heard of Nassim Harriman? No. He's working on the unified field theory, Sam. And um, you know, I know you're interested in what's going on in CERN and what they're doing with the particles and and what this issue really comes down to is ether, our soul, what we're made out of, right? That's what is implicated in this kind of scientific study. Obviously, we have a academia that's focused on materialism, so the natural sciences that you and I are interested in are not, you know, condoned by the academic establishment, the authority on what's right and wrong. But thanks to podcasts, thanks to conspiracy theorists everywhere, people are thinking outside of the box. And believe it or not, there's, dude, there's so many scientists that you can have on the podcast that'll blow your mind and get you away from the kind of more you know political no stuff. well listen you and i will Just, talk i need yeah. help finding these people so maybe you, we can make something where you help uh and i'll i'll take care of you uh we'll make that happen we'll discuss that yeah um, no i i'm dude i'd love to help i have time to help and all i do is listen to podcasts i'm i'm a driver for you know a couple different companies so i have a lot of time to listen to podcasts and you know i can sit here and try to retain you know regurgitate what i know but the real reason i'm doing this sam is because when i was younger on my first appearance with you i i told you about you know my experience with skull and bones i told you about my experience with a native american guy who became a mentor of mine but over the past, you know, eight or nine years that I've been an adult, I've uh, I've realized that it's not only my journey and my purpose to spread this information, but it's a gift because, you know, any moment of the day, this kind of synchronicity will occur where I'm in a conversation with somebody that I've never met before and I'm telling them something that could possibly change you know, their world, just because I'm interested in this conspiracy, alternative, spiritual world. And, you know, you can be the bridge to this world for people if you're just prepared for that ordinary moment that you would have never expected. Like, you know, I had a I had an old woman in my car the other day. I was driving her home from uh, like work or something. She's like 50 years old. And we get into a whole conversation about coronavirus. The next thing I know, I'm recommending your podcast to her. I'm recommending, you know, higher side chats to her. And it's just moments like that where you can kind of bridge the gap for people who are on the fringe of this kind Mm -hmm. of awakening. That means all the difference. And the universe helps those who helps others. So when you put yourself in that place to be a vehicle for this information, you're like getting upgraded. It's like a video game. You get to the next level and you have the capacity 
to have more knowledge. And the further you go, you, you know, you end up on the other end of it. And the next thing you know, you're like Buddha, you know, you become ascended. And that's, that's what we're getting at. And you actually, you know, this is something that I wanted you to talk about on the podcast for so long. And only a few weeks ago, you had that girl on, forgive me, I forgot her name, but um, so she talked about channeling. And this is a subject that I've, you know, it's just, it's She's on the spiritual podcast uh, tomorrow morning. But dude, the reason why channeling is so important is because everybody has the ability to channel information from the Akashic record at any given moment. All you have to do is take steps to remove the toxins from your body, namely fluoride and other heavy metals, change your diet slightly so that you're avoiding processed foods, more water, clear those toxins out, turn your body into the instrument that it is. Because right now we're all instruments walking around out of tune, dude. We got to tune ourselves to the frequency of the environment around us. And that's when our souls will be vibrating at the higher potential that's necessary to take on the higher information that is going to take us into the next phase of human society Guess what mark you just got booked on zero <laughs> someone just got booked on zero but someone. the channeling think about this man think about geniuses who have pushed the world forward what do they all talk about they how all do you spell the uh, ash uh ash Akashic record yeah a, well you know it's a hindu word he spelled it the one one way, and then there's another way with a C at the end. So A K A S H I C is how I've seen it in books, but I'm sure it's spelled multiple ways because whenever Hindu is translated, there's usually like the C and the K can be interchangeable. Especially it depends if a British person who's speaking proper English or an American person is translating it. So it is different, but Akashic, yeah. Um, but channeling. You know, this is something that intelligent people have been doing without realizing for centuries, right? Tesla talked about moments of inspiration where ideas would just come to him, right? Einstein did the same thing, even though Tesla was miles and miles more of a genius than Einstein ever was. But anyways, so, you know, this isn't just a spiritual thing, man. You know, the guy who invented the blueprints for the airplane, he did that from a dream. You know, like it's amazing how how mysticism and the supernatural are parsed through pivotal moments in history. And I encourage anybody to go read the book, The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth. OK, that's not me. I'm not Mark Booth. Uh, <laughs> and he wrote this fantastic book and it parses exactly what I just said, how important figures in history we only get one side of it. We don't get that spiritual side. We don't get the, oh, Cleopatra had a dream. You know, it, it's always watered down to make this kind of supernatural stuff look hocus pocus and, you know, Disney movie fairy tale. But this is the real science, man. This is when spirituality and science combine. This is when mysticism opens your mind to the new world that we're all just a on the other side of the door from, you know? Well, dude, I'm in. You just got booked. I'll get you a day ASAP. 
because I want to hear more about this and just go straight spiritual. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Uh, this was a great episode. Mark always delivers. Uh, Mark, we're going to get you on the main one, too. You might be the first person to do all three. We call that the cycle. Congratulations. guys mark tara gonna talk about some jesuits this evening i'm pretty stoked about it it's gonna be a fun conversation mark you're a very intelligent guy tara this is my first time talking with you uh so i'm really excited to see what we get into man um first of all how are you guys doing we are doing fantastic amazing yeah i mean i'm speaking for myself here tara <laughs> just made us some fucking great homemade pizza so Oh shit! I'm I'm ready. I'm fueled up. I'm energized. You know, I made the dough. She put the rest of it together. So I'm pretty nice, I'm pretty dude. Stoked. Thank you, Tara. I'm, you guys I'm got the up. you guys got the yeast and all that, baby. <laughs> yeah, we oh we did it all ourselves. Farm farm fresh ingredients, bro. So we're ready yeah. to go. Yeah, dude. I feel like the third wheel on here, but I think it's going to be a great conversation. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with the Jesuits, man. So we were kind of talking a little bit about. The Great White Brotherhood, um, the Black Nobility, obviously, um, a lot of organizations tie into the Club of Rome, uh, possibly even like the World Economic Forum, all Did kinds of these. Se- of course. And like, yeah, because when you're talking about the Freemasons and the Jesuits, you're not really supposed to be both at the same time, from what I've heard. Um, but. We see this over and over again, but essentially a lot of um, members of various secret societies can be part of the Jesuits as well. So I want to hear what you got on the history of the Jesuits, how it was started, why it was started, um, you know, the who, what, when, where, why kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, the Wikipedia version of the story might be interesting, but I think we should go straight to the Royal Masonic Cyclopedia back before they called them encyclopedias. This is... uh, this is from page 362 of the Royal Masonic Cyclopedia. The company of or the order of the Jesuits, this celebrated order was founded by a certain Ignio Inigo de Loyola. That's Latin, but I've heard his name as Ignatius Loyola, right? He was born in 1493 and uh, most notably wounded in battle by a cannonball and that was what led him to read the commentary on jesus christ and the gospels a sort of collection of essays by various different christian scholars and thinkers that inspired him to kind of do this like what i would call like a revitalization of the templars right where you have all these People hopped up on Christianity, going around the world, conquering places and spreading the good word or, you know, the bad word, depending on which side of the sword you stood on. Uh, But to go a little deeper into who this man, Ignatius Loyola, is, and Tara actually pointed out to me before we got started that he's a saint, Saint Ignatius. You know, there's probably churches named after him. 
Uh, but his life up until the time of the siege of Pampaluna had been like that of most men of his time, dissolute and frivolous. He was born into like noble, a noble family, but uh, no one has ever dared to question his courage. Hmm, interesting. They speak kind of highly of him from the Masonic perspective. Um, of course. And no one has ever or has ever dared to question his courage in the presence of the enemy or his punctilious ideas in reference to the code of honor, which Spaniards are so jealous. This is also written in 1877, folks. So a little jab okay. at the Spaniards there. But he was born in a time when, you know, things were kind of okay. Dark ages, a lot of stuff was going on. Uh, but like I said, wounded in battle, started reading these Christian theological discussionary sort of commentary books, just opinions and perspectives. And that fired him up. And he probably had some hallucinations and things like that because there was no anesthesia. Right. And when he's going through surgery, he's probably like, like literally seeing his life before his eyes, man. So that is kind of interesting. And I believe it's, it's Loyola, right? Is that how it's pronounced? Loyola. Yeah. Sometimes the the East coast accent, I, Layala. You you throw it around Loyola? like a, Loyola. Layala. No, yeah, no, I'm just fucking. No, I mean it's just kind of funny to me, dude, because like I am the one that always pronounces shit wrong. And so like when whenever I hear someone pronounce something different, I'm always like, shit, am I wrong here? But no, dude, you're right. So like, you know, it was started with that, and then Pope Clement um the fourteenth, I believe, uh tried to get them out of a lot of areas because they've infiltrated almost every freaking like, you know, Catholic country or Christian country throughout the world. And it's pretty interesting dude, when you really kind of like break it down. But I heard uh, on a, I don't know if it was on a podcast or radio show. It was fascinating. This idea of the best weapons in the world are not like murderous weapons. They're more like demoralizing weapons. Right. So in Vietnam, they realized that the Vietnamese were having such high success because the the U.S. military was using high caliber. They were trying to, like, kill as many as they could, right? If you use a high caliber weapon, you take one guy off the battlefield. You kill one guy at a time, right? If you use a low caliber weapon, you injure one, and his friends come and help and drag him off the battlefield. So you're you're demoralizing people. You're beating them down. And this is kind of what these secret societies do. They infiltrate. And the Jesuits are particularly good at that because they infiltrate at all levels, schools, uh, obviously a lot of levels of government acting uh, freaking um, who's that dude, the voice of God, basically Morgan Freeman, that dude is a Jesuit, right? So, I mean, you've got a lot of different levels of these people that have gone to Jesuit schools and um, have, have some ties to the Jesuits in general. Um what do you know about the club of Rome, dude? Because I know that their goal is to weaken and demoralize this nation in particular, the United States. Uh, I mean, let's analyze the name club of Rome. You know, a lot of people think the Roman empire fell. It's really the Roman empire in its civilian life fell to pieces, but the snake's head, uh, you know, slithered off and created a new body, you know, look at the great, British Empire and the American Empire, what are the symbols that we're using? We're using red and white. We're using the eagle. You know, this is not a coincidence. This is all hearkening back to Rome. And, and a lot of 
the laws and the codes and the military practices that we use to this day come from that era. So yeah, the club of Rome, I would, I mean, I've heard them considered like a think tank for the elite, Mm -hmm. this sort of propaganda and, you know, Chris Milligan, I have a, maybe I'll send it to you and we can play it at the end of this episode. Okay. But I was just listening to a recent episode of his with Sean Stone and he was like, breaking it down like mining metal and um there's one other m mining metal and money they control mining metal and money and then they control the military the guns and the drugs and then below that is like media and then below that is education and religion but you can also kind of consider media education and religion the same media is kind of like the birth you know, the child of all that, right? That's Yeah, dude, that's interesting that you bring up the 3Ms because there's that company 3M too, you know what I mean? Like mm. major, major company that makes all kinds of materials and all kinds of products for a lot of, like a lot of basic shit. Think about it, the, the elite families, that's where their concerns are. Mining, metals, and money, right? They control sure. the flow of money, they control the, the flow of precious uh, metals and gems. Yeah. Exactly. I like that whole gods thing that Sam Sam says, Sam Tripoli says, where it's like drugs and sex trafficking. Exactly. Yeah, dude, that's very interesting. And it makes a lot of sense. It's got a nice little ring to it. But yeah, so like the the Club of Rome, that's their whole goal is to demoralize this nation. And it does seem like they're doing that very well with these like zero growth policies that are in like in effect right now. Um, We're not going to see much growth of the United States. Um, and it's it's very interesting. If you check out the stock market, it seems to be doing just fine um, with all this money printing. It's weakening the uh, the dollar as a whole. And I'm going to get into that a little bit, too, with the whole like symbolism on the dollar, because Adam Weishaupt was supposedly a Jesuit priest as well. I don't know if you've heard that, but that was fascinating to me. And then when you get into like the whole idea that possibly the person on the $1 bill is in fact, Adam Weishaupt. It's not George Washington's like actual, you know, drawing. That's kind of a fascinating idea. So, um, but yeah, dude. Um, so between, like we were saying, like the, you know, the kicked out of all kinds of different countries between nine, uh, 1555 and 1931, they've been expelled from at least 83 countries that we can like confirm. Right. Um, mostly for like subverting, infiltrating, uh, inciting some type of riot or insurrection. What does that make you think of, dude? They keep throwing that insurrection word around, right? They keep using that with what happened on January 6th. And it seems like possible at the very least that this whole thing with one six could have something to do with some Jesuit agenda. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, my thought on the whole insurrection word, it's, it's very reminiscent of the word resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the society of Jesus here, folks, right? Yep. That's, yeah, the, yep. that's the proper name of the Jesuits. So yeah, I can't speak on uh, anything tangible there to draw a connection, but just the, the language itself is enough sometimes. And we know that Latin is the basis, right, of the Romantic languages. Latin is spoken really only by people in the Vatican nowadays, or at least in these academic organizations, churches, and whatnot. There's something to that, you know? I truly think that they're using uh, some sort of esoteric code, whether that's just for the sake of being uh, safe from prying eyes, 
like like what a code is intended on, or maybe there's some occult significance to the words themselves. I mean, we have these like ancient words of God and things that are kind of passed around. That's what comes to mind when I think of these secret societies that are like religious also. So it's more than just controlling the politics and the military. They're literally trying to create the spell. They're creating a spell, but they know that the spell won't work unless everybody participates in their ritual. So what do they do? They go around the world and they uh, proselytize people. They start these missions, right? And they send out their missionaries. And what do they do? They go and they burn and rape and destroy villages if they don't come along uh, in that vein of obedience, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the vow that they take poverty chastity and obedience is that that's correct right so 100 percent. they take a second vow of obedience after they rise to the ranks as well and that that second vow of obedience is to essentially like help aid in the new world order they don't call it that but it's it's uniting everyone under jesus that sounds like a one world order to me (laughs) yeah no and you know for the christian listeners out there it's like yeah i definitely have a lot of good things to say about Christianity. I think Christ's consciousness is an important concept in my spiritual worldview, but that doesn't mean that everybody needs to understand that. I think we uh, as spiritual people need to understand everyone's on their own path. You know, mm-hmm. So if somebody's going out of their way to force something on somebody else, it's not a, you know, what's the excuse that people use like, uh, you know, it's the ends justify the means. Sure. It's not that case because if we're all spiritual beings, then we all have our own time to understand these concepts. So it's like, think about that, how needy they are. They, they they have no faith in their own religion. So they have to force it on people. That's what it feels like to me. Sure. And, and I think that that's what every religion is. I'd be interested to hear Tara's thoughts on religion too. But yeah, um, it, it's fascinating when you really think about like, you know, this rise of the Moors thing that, that happened on July 3rd, you know, I did, I did a little bit on my previous episode about that and they believe the exact same thing that the Christians do. It's just opposite. You know what I mean? Um, and it's fascinating when you get into the idea that the Zionists want the uh, Islamic people and the Christians to fight each other to the death. And Albert Pike even predicted each one of these world wars and including world war three saying that the Islamic state and the Christians are going to fight each other to the death. And that's going to leave the Zionists. Um, But yeah, Tara, what are your thoughts on like the whole religious aspect of the, the Jesuits and like what we're talking about right now? Um, uh, Well, I just see it as I honestly don't know much about the Jesuits and religions and specifics. I just see it as this alien group of people. Um, Yeah. Now, yeah, it seems like they're taking their powers or like their orders from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like if they're if they don't care if this shit gets done in their lifetime. There has to be a larger agenda at play, in my opinion. Yeah, when she says alien uh, group of people, it reminds me of what you were saying about the Great White Brotherhood, right? That was yeah, awesome, yeah. though. And I, I think, you know, 
this idea that you guys talked about on your episode with Sam on Tinfoil Hat, like these lizard people who literally shapeshift into human beings and, you know, take the role of Queen Elizabeth or, you know, one of the, you know, Philip or Charles or Julie. Yeah. Yeah, Well, going back to Rome, you know, Julius Caesar or Augustus Caesar, you know, one of these people, I mean, it's really no different, but yeah, I definitely um, would agree with that a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fascinating too, dude, these, these Jesuits, they seem and, you know, history would prove this, but they seem to really know that they are continuously going to be found out in these organizations, right? And so they kind of tweak their methods a little bit. They make sure that if they get caught doing this one way, they're going to tweak it a little bit and try and work it again. Again, not caring if it gets done the first or the the millionth time. It doesn't matter to them how they really go about doing it, just as long as they get it done. Um, and so, you know, when you think about the fact, too, that we have the second Catholic priest in office right now, Joe Biden, supposedly, if you want to call him your president, it's up to you. But you got the the first was who? It was John F. Kennedy. And he turned his back on the Jesuits. And what happened to him? You know what I mean? So it's all up to if Joe Biden wants to follow their orders, which he is. I mean, we can tell, you know, he's been seen in press conferences being like, okay, I got a list of people I'm going to call on here. And he like he's saying the quiet parts out loud because he's so senile. You know what I mean? And, and if we could take it back to JFK, I mean, yeah, yeah. you really consider the events there in Dallas that day when he was assassinated. I mean, you look at all the evidence. Seems pretty obvious to me that if the mafia wasn't behind it, they were at least involved. Uh, we know that the mafia goes all the way back to the Vatican. Yep, yep. We know that, you know, these cartels uh, all over the world, they have connections to Spain, Spain, Italy, France. These are the royal bloodlines, obviously Great Britain as well. And I think there's no coincidence there. And right, you know, what was it, a couple months before JFK was assassinated? He had this speech where he talked about the monolithic society. Yeah. What does that mean? Monolithic, right? This is something that's yeah. been around way before the United States of America, right? Sure. And Jesuits fit that to some degree. And if you look at their lineage, they're, you know, just another offshoot of this same group of bloodline esque ruling class people who get behind these empires, you know, yeah. the imperial class. Dude, you know, too, it's crazy that you bring that stuff up and like you're you're throwing it back to JFK like that, too. Um, I've got a little bit more on JFK and 1963, the, the same year he was assassinated. But it's kind of interesting that three years before the United States was even founded, that Pope Clement the 14th that I was telling you about, he got rid of the Jesuits out of all, you know, out of the Vatican, you know, got rid of them. You know, they're they're not allowed to be involved anymore. And. Three years later, obviously, the United States declares their independence. But nine months later, after this Clement dude gets rid of these Jesuits, he's dead. You know what I mean? So anyone that really goes against these guys is dead. I think that they suspected it was poisoning. Um, And so, yeah, it's just fascinating. Anyone that is high up that goes against the Jesuits, there's one thing that's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's not going to be a bribery thing. It's not going to be anything short of death, dude. Um, so I, I just find that interesting. I do kind of find it a little weird that 
Trump was able to um, continue doing what he wanted to try and do. He didn't get a whole lot done, um, but he's he even references a, a few times that like you know people aren't happy with me, blah blah blah. I need to like kind of not not be giving speeches so much and and all this shit. And he is a Jesuit as well. That's why I bring him up. Him, the Biden family, um, shit. Hunter Biden did some uh, volunteer work with the Jesuits. Um, all the Trumps are the Cuomo brothers are Jesuits. Um, a, a ton of different people are Jesuits high up in the government. And uh, we can get more into them in a little bit. But, dude, it's just it's insane to me that this organization is just so deeply tied in. And it's almost like there's no boundary to to where it really begins and ends. Right. Now, so. going back to, to Pope Clement, you said that. He um what let's get the dates right there because the fourteenth definitely important the fourteenth Pope Clement the fourteenth Jesus how many Clements were there seventeen seventy three okay seventeen seventy three perfect all right yeah so you're then, always doubting me on dates dude I got no, the dates no, I, I double I, and I triple check I thought I thought you meant fourteenth <laughs> century pal no 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 I typed in uh, I almost typed in Pope Clement but I typed in Pope Clement <laughs> and same it, shit I got Pope Clement the seventh. Look at that. They're trying to throw us off, dude. They know what's going on. Hey, we're, we're, yeah, we're using the Chinese app to do this shit. You know, they're hearing us. So, I mean, it's, uh, we're not, we're not safe here, dude. But, um, but yeah, man. 14th, right before the United States became a thing, he was like, all right, Jesuits, you're out of here. And they're like, okay, we'll leave. They, I mean, this book I have right on my foot describes how, in the 1800s and the 1700s, the Jesuits were building all these universities all around the United States. You know, yeah. now you have, I mean, dozens and dozens of Jesuit schools all over the United States. So it doesn't surprise me that folks like the Biden family would get wrapped up in this because that's how these things function. You know, they use schools to funnel the right people into the right places. Yeah, dude, I've got at least, uh, I'm not going to list them all off here, but there's about, uh, it, it looks like 30 Jesuit universities. One's even called the Jesuit University, yeah, um, oh, Wheeling shy. Jesuit University. So, yeah. And Georgetown is the oldest Jesuit university in the United States. So, I mean, you get a lot of high-profile people coming out of, out of Georgetown. It's similar to, to Skull and Bones. And it's kind of interesting, too. When you think back to the 2000 election, you had who? You had Bush and you had Gore running. Or no, I'm sorry. Um, what was it? The 2004 election where it was Bush and Kerry, right? Mm-hmm. So those two both went to Skull and Bones. They both went to Yale. They're part of that fraternal brotherhood. So no matter who won that, you're going to get a Skull and Bones uh, fraternal brother in that White House. Same shit in in 2020, you're going to get a Jesuit in the White House with either Trump or Biden. Um, Fraudulently, in my opinion, it was Biden. Um, But either way, you're you're essentially getting the same kind of shit. It's fascinating. Yeah, well, they use all these different groups, you know. It might be the Jesuits this election cycle. It might be, you know, the Skull and Bones the next one. Because that's, you know, how it functions. They don't need just one group. If they were just one group, like the Illuminati, like if we were to take all that Instagram shit and believe it, it might be led to think that there truly is an Illuminati. But personally, I think Illuminati just is a functional term to describe this 
class of people who yeah, yeah. function in these groups, right? It's not just the Jesuits. It's the whole web that these, you know, right people, right time, right place are able to navigate and make things happen for their agenda. Um, well, dude, what do you think about this idea? Because I was like, while I was doing my research, I kind of thought about this. Since they've been thrown out of 83 countries, I think it was, since the 1550s, um, because they were getting thrown out because of their laws and because of their systems that are in place. You know, America is one of the youngest countries, and it was probably founded by someone that we idolize that we probably shouldn't, George Washington, right? Um, do you think it's possible that this that this whole country was just founded to try to progress the Jesuit order. Like we're distracted so much with Freemasons. You don't hear about Jesuits that often. Once you kind of get a little deeper past the Freemasons, you will hear about the Jesuits. Um, the, the, the great white brotherhood is even farther down that. So it's kind of like, as you're going up that pyramid, obviously there's less and less information about these people. And I just, I, that to me, really that theory, which I came up with really seems to kind of, resonate you know what i mean it makes a lot of sense that they would create this land where you got freedom of speech you got freedom of religion you got the second amendment um it makes it very very kind of like they can infiltrate all these institutions in order to to you know promote their their agenda right well i think going back to this like web analogy that i kind of laid out there it's like if we're to imagine that the freemason their brotherhood group laid out this sort of networking web, just like you can go on LinkedIn right now and network with people, get to know people, right? That's what these secret societies function as. And they're just like vessels. So the groups can come in, infiltrate, like we described in the beginning of this conversation, the Jesuits literally as a military order of the Vatican train themselves to infiltrate, right? That's a part of what they do. So I wouldn't put it past uh, them to have infiltrated the United States when they got kicked out by Pope Clement and then just kind of used what was already here available because that's the easiest way to do it. So it, maybe that was with the you know invitation of someone like George Washington because he's you know a networker too and he's like oh yeah these boys are pretty intelligent let's get there you know yeah. combined forces. I I don't know for sure, but I would say that's how it functions, you know, and I think that these folks who want to control the world, they come in all different shapes and sizes, but there is a pattern to where they're coming from. And it's yeah. Europe, you know, it really is. It's this like Italian empire, the Vatican, and it's possibly even, you know, that has become what the United Kingdom is right because yeah. they have their roots in Rome too. The, the York is a Roman uh, output outpost, right? That's how that term came to be. And now we live not too far from New York. You know, yeah. it's not a coincidence. These names, they have a significance. So yeah, I definitely sure. think you're on to something with the theory, but if I can throw in, you know, a little bit of like connection there, right? So this is from, I do have to say real quick, Mark, you missed a perfect opportunity to plug Alt Media United as a network. You used LinkedIn for some reason. You could have done Alt Media United is like this network where people get together. I'm not trying to make I'm not trying to connect (laughs) Alt Media United to secret societies and the Jesuits. Hey dude, that's great marketing. Mark the marketer. Let me handle that. That's great marketing. 
But yeah, I got you, dude. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, maybe I should have done that. But <laughs> Leo Zagami is a really interesting guy. Have you heard of Leo Zagami before, Ryan? I've heard the name, dude, but I really have no idea. So enlighten me, please. So he's got this book. We're not going to totally go too far into this book, but according to him, you know, he was a part of uh, the Illuminati. You know, that's like I said, a catch all term. Mm-hmm. The more proper group that he was a part of is the, uh, I think, like a Masonic group in Italy, the OAS. Um, okay. So he writes about the Jesuits and talks about how. <clears throat> In 2003, St. Joseph's University, a Jesuit university in Philadelphia, they use a course about James Bond and the connection JB uh, to Yakim and Boaz, right? The Freemasonic symbols. Uh, and then it goes even further to say that uh, this is all hinting at the Jesuits. So he says, free. The Ur lodges of Freemasonry that control the intelligence community of the New World Order in a transnational way, regardless of the borders or the nationalities involved in these various operations, without the con- or with the constant support of the Company of Jesus. Right. So, you know, according to Leo Zagami, there's a connection between the Jesuits, the CIA, and all these other intelligence groups. You know. And we look at the timeline and when did all of these groups come to power? World War II. World War II, right? Yeah. Post, yeah, World War II, post-World War II, all these different intelligence agencies started uh, getting their roots in the United States government. JFK says something about it and what happens? You know, I mean, yeah. that's one indicator right there for me. Well, dude, not only him, and yeah, you're absolutely right. MI5, MI6, Mossad, um, you know, a lot of these other intelligence agencies are uh, Jesuit connected. And uh, yeah, the CIA was the OSS before World War II, and it was, I'm sure, Jesuit connected as well. But not only JFK was speaking out against these guys, too. It was Lincoln was was speaking out. He was saying that he is more concerned about the Pope and it's it's a uh, bloodthirsty slaves is like is something right along his words. And then he gets capped by uh, freaking not Lee Harvey Oswald. Who's the other guy? Who's the guy that oh, shot John him? Wilkes Booth. Yeah. It, it, three names, dude. You know what I mean? They all got the same shit. So. So, yeah. And he was an actor, you know, probably uh, uh, I've heard that he was a Jesuit. I can't really confirm any of that kind of stuff, but. It does make sense that the Jesuits would pay a Jesuit off because a guy is talking about the Jesuits. You know what I mean? Like, that's a fucking riddle right there. So, I mean, it's just it's fascinating when you get all this stuff going and you there's a clear pattern of people going against them. Speaking outside of uh, United States leaders, I think Kings Henry, the third and fourth of France were killed by Jesuits and SARS Alexander, the first and second of Russia were also killed by Jesuits. So um, it, it happens over and over again, dude. Um, and yeah, man, democracy supposedly can't work, according to like Adam Weishaupt even. Maybe we can get into some of the uh, uh, information here in the Masonic Cyclopedia. Would you like to talk about the degrees of the Jesuit order, the different degrees that they go through? Fuck yeah. So we have the first order, the novices. The second order is the lay brothers or temporal co-agitators. 
Okay. Interesting term. Three, the third order is the scholastics. Okay. Interesting. Then we have the spiritual co-adjutors. Adjutors? Adjutors. I'll spell that for people. C-O-A-D-G-A-D-J-U-T-O-R-S. Then the fifth order is the professed Mm. of three vows, right? So those are the people that take the three vows. And then the sixth order is the professed of five vows. So maybe there's a fifth vow that we didn't uh, know about. So you're seeing a fifth vow? Seems so. And maybe they'll even get into the vows here. So the novitiate is generally fixed at two or three years, after which the trial begins. These are of five kinds. A strict seclusion of 30 days, service in hospitals, three, a pilgrimage on foot, four, the performance of the most menial offices in the Jesuits' houses, five, instruction in the doctrines of Christianity, and when the members are already priests, confession, and preaching, during the time these trials endure, the novice is followed and carefully kept in view. The superior is informed of every minute act of the novice's life. His gestures, looks, his least words are jealously reported. And hence, on the termination of these trials, his superiors know precisely what sort of man he is and to what purpose his abilities can be applied in the furtherance of the objectives of the society. Wow. Mm. So look at that. A very high degree of scrutiny to become you know, it sounds to me like uh, these special forces groups, right? You go into the special yeah, forces yeah. and they basically treat you like dog shit, you know, and then you, they make you, you know, feel good about that. They they basically break your psyche. And that's not to dis, uh, you know, talk bad about the men and women out there who have served our country. But I definitely think there's a psychological warfare, psychological manipulation that goes on. It's clear. (laughs) Yeah. It does sound like a frat house type vibe. Yeah. Humiliation. uh, One way of thinking, they remove your identity by like, you know, shaving your head, shaving your beard, all that kind of shit. Um, and it is, I don't think it's, uh, you know, insulting at all to the, the armed forces to say essentially like, you know, they, they kind of want them thinking one way, right? You can't have a bunch of independent thinkers in the Marines. You know what I mean? If they're like, go, go and get the bad guys. And they're like, but why? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? They don't want that at all. Obedience, so. right. The vow of obedience. Right. And I think yeah. they have to like really break people to get them to be truly as obedient as they want them to be to do such you know unhuman acts well it's a form of mind control in a way it's a very very it's a passive well passive probably isn't the best term because it's warfare but you know it's a it's a it's a less insidious more obvious way of mind control and like that that tavistock institute i'm sure you've like looked into them a little bit they founded back in 1921 they were founded just to figure out different methods of mind control and I found it interesting enough too that there was a there's a Tavistock financial uh, entity out in Britain. It was founded by uh, what's this guy's fucking name, Joe Lewis, and it was in '75 that it was founded. And if you go to their website, they've got the bull on there, which I know that represents the bull market. That's a whole different story. Um, but this is like Mithraic worship and like all kinds of weird symbolism that you get in there when you're talking about like the bull run. And uh, Tavistock Financial being tied to Tavistock Institute, 
um, which again, all just mind control, dude. It, it's a it's a message that we don't even know necessarily that we're getting pushed. And even for people, I think I don't want to say like us, but people that are like digging into this kind of shit, there's messages that are being put on us that we have no idea too. You know what I mean? It's not like we know all the propaganda that's being put on us. Um, and I, I, I don't know, dude, it's just a weird system that makes it to where these two sides are fighting and they don't even really know why they're fighting. Of course, in the United States, I'm talking Republicans, Democrats, um, even me, I'm very guilty of doing that, right? I'm not, I don't consider myself either, but I tend to side with the right. And it be just because the left, the left politicians and the right politicians are all scumbags, but the lefty people out there, the ones with the blue hair and the fucking, you know, there's 7,000 genders and, uh, you know, we want to, did you see the, the gay dildo butt monkey? There's this literal cartoon. I don't know if, have you heard of this? No, I mean, this is, you're, you're, you're expressing to me all of the reasons, all the confirmation I need to stay unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah. that's the prop so there is a fucking cartoon character now with a fake ass and a dildo and rainbows right yes yeah so there's kids watching that and i know that you aren't plugged into that mark but a lot of kids are because their parents are too busy these irresponsible people have kids and they don't you know have the the patience to deal with them and i'm not saying everyone that has kids is, is irresponsible obviously but, you know, these people are going in and they're and they're, you know, having kids maybe to get welfare, maybe not. Right. And they're just unplugging themselves, but they're plugging their kids in to this shit at younger and younger ages. And like when Hillary Clinton says, you know, the, the village is going to raise your kids. This is what happens when the village raise your kids. The village is now the computer and the TV and the cell phone and the tablet. Well, and if you think about our overall topic of discussion here the jesuits these are people who have culture created us into this position yes. where you know we're working nine to five jobs and everything is so hectic i don't even have time to raise my own kids so yeah. people are going to go and raise them for me and yeah that's what happens people are are nannied by the state and they're parented by the state and that's what happens you know the 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 soup that we're in now but I'm glass half full, Ryan. I don't think oh, me too. it's bad. I think really the the you know the whole political divide. Once you understand that it is orchestrated, it's a lot easier to see. Like, oh, okay, most people don't really get that invested. Like when we see the news and it's a huge protest, like that's like the nut job from everybody's town that they all took the same bus to one place. You know, that doesn't represent America. That just represents the people who are getting that riled up about a particular cause. And I think it's very easy when you understand how these people uh, like the Jesuits manipulate people on a psychological level, yeah. that they can just stoke the fires and get these big crowds of people to go to places and get, you know, put on a big, fuss but are is there any order there did they get anything done i mean i remember when i was a community college student the occupy wall street thing was going on yeah did that accomplish anything no wall no. street's still going on you know and i remember hearing from people oh yeah everybody argues you know and all it was was you know people who, who could be the loudest you know so i don't personally think that the political you know schemes are ever going to work out 
I really don't. Yeah. I don't think left, right. I don't think it was ever meant to be that way. It, it's just the theater that the, is put on so that the real players that get funneled through the Jesuits to get into the position of president or vice president or whatever, so they can say, oh, don't worry, folks. We see what the problem is, and we have the solution. But meanwhile, they orchestrated the problem, and they had A, B, and C solutions ready to go. Yeah, And they're just waiting to see where people seem to be most amicable to, you know, option A, which is slop, or option B, which is slop with sugar on top. Yeah. That's it, you know? It's, and, a, it's and, the and, uh, douche and a turd sandwich from South yeah. Park, dude. That's the and, whole idea. And and they're, they're making tons of 100% profit because it's slop, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the idea. It, it, they're not, you know, putting anything valuable into the – the world but they're taking all the value they're parasites you know and i think when people start to recognize that they'll realize that on a community level it's a lot easier to recognize the parasites and kick their ass and get them out of your town and make your town a better place yeah well it's divisive doing that it's it has a a a wave like effect you know particle Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, yeah, there's riots going on around the world right now in Cuba. They're they're protesting communism. Um, they're protesting in uh, in South Africa, violent protests like guns and like people are dying, um, big time in in those areas. So it's it's very interesting. Will something come of it? Who knows? Um, there's a lot of people call that like loose stealing, right? That's a term that that gets thrown around with with this kind of shit, like with the negative news, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I've heard that used a lot. I don't like the word loose. I don't either. Weird to me. That's but why I was I asking. Will yeah. Say, I like the concept. I understand the concept, but I like the word lack. Like when people have this lack perspective, you know, Sam has been on this kick lately about, uh, and it's not just a kick. I think it's a, it's a realization, right? Abundance, scarcity, how they leverage the scarcity of life against us. Like that's the fear vibration. That's the news. The perspective is that you are a fragile being. And if you don't keep up to date with what's going on, you're going to get squatted and splat, squished like a bug, you know, but that's not the case. You're a human being. If you unplug from that, you realize life is a lot, you know, simpler and you can start to make, the necessary changes without worrying about what's going on. Cause you know, when you said people are dying uh, in Cuba, there's big riots. Like, yeah, my heart goes out to anybody who lost their life. But at the same time, do you, were you in Cuba, Ryan? Do you know? Cause I don't. Yeah, no, definitely yeah, not. I mean, like when we see these videos, who knows? I mean, you could get a perspective from a video camera that makes it look like hell's going on. Meanwhile, it's a movie set. Sure. Well, you know, I don't where it's one focused in on instance where one thing happened that got, you know, exaggerated. Yeah. Well, I don't know anyone in Cuba. I do know that that director in South Africa and he was saying like, yeah, people are fucking stupid. You know what I mean? So he's got that idea where it's like, yeah, man, this is dumb. It'll pass. Um, But it's for the meantime, it's dangerous for the innocent people. Um, I tend to believe that that the Cuba shit's real. I'm very skeptical of news always. Right. Um, but you know, just the way that, that they've been treated there in Cuba for the last, like, since the cold war, they should have fucking done this a long time ago, dude. You know what I mean? So the other thing, it's like, we know, we have an idea of what their country's like from an American perspective, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. If their country has been shut down from us for that long, how do we know what's really going on there? We don't, I mean, I personally think that 
you know, the world is, and this could to some people, people are probably like, fuck this guy. He's got his head in his, in the sand or no, not at all. Ass, you know, no, it's fine. I, I know you don't think that, but there might be people listening who think like, Oh, he's got his head up his ass, but it's like, no, have you guys ever heard of the observer effect? Right. Yeah. So what that effect. means is when we talk about the loose stealing thing, we go back to that, right. And circle back and why is Mark got his head up his ass? Well, it's because when you have your head up your ass and you're actually observing what it is that you want, you start to have a positive effect on the universe because the universe actually responds in a responsive way to the observer, you know? So if we're always observing negative war, uh, you know, these violent images that puts more money in these companies, uh, pockets who are creating the bullets and creating the metal. It goes right military industrial complex, mining metal money, right? So if, if those are the people orchestrating these occult rituals in this way, uh, saying, hey, look over here, look over here, like a magic show. Meanwhile, you don't see what's going on behind the magician. You don't see that there's like a rabbit up his ass that he's pulling out and putting, you know, wherever. Then you don't know the truth. Right. Yeah. So that's my point is like, get out of that matrix of what the videos on the TV are telling you is going on in the world, because. You're actually creating what you don't want by witnessing it in that sure, way. Yeah. You know? Manifesting it in your own head. Yeah, if you see me swatting around, there's a fucking fly that is not leaving me alone in my house right now, and it's pissing me off. Um, oh, grateful. <laughs> I, I know. I want to get back to to the uh, the Jesuits here, but the, another reason that I do believe what's going on in Cuba is that uh, the mainstream media tried to spin that uh, they were rioting because of, they needed COVID vaccines. And you can hear them saying comida, which means food. Like, they want food. They don't want fucking vaccines. But they're trying to spin it into, like, oh, these people are, they're, they're, they need vaccines. But, it, no, it's the communism fucking government there is not giving you guys enough to eat. That's why I, I tend to believe it. Um, okay. But, yeah, back to the Jesuits. Let's get back into these guys. Because we've all heard of that Holy Trinity idea, right, in, in Christianity, you got the the son, the the father, the son, the Holy Spirit in Luciferian or like satanic uh, Holy Trinity. There's this physical Trinity here and it's three men. OK, only one's alive today. You've got Adolfo Nicholas, who some people thought was the black pope. I don't think so at all. Uh, Peter Hans Kovenbach. Uh, this guy died back in 2016. And I'll get to when Adolfo died and why that's kind of significant. Um and then Pope Francis. And so he would be the white Pope. This Kolvenbach dude would be the gray Pope. I don't tend to think that though, that they were the gray and black Popes at all. Obviously Pope Francis is the Pope. Um, but I think he's kind of like this, you know, triple, tr- like he's like, he's like all three in one at this point now, in my opinion. But Adolfo Nicholas, this guy died in 2020, right? And he died in Loyola, in the Loyola house. Just like that dude's last name, right? And it's fa- or he didn't die in Loyola, but he spent his sick years in Loyola. And um, it's very interesting that he did a lot of his work in Japan. And Japan, I think in the mid 1600s, I want to say, they killed a bunch of Jesuits in Japan. So with this guy being so high up in the Jesuit order and doing a lot of work in Japan, you know, he, he's risen to the highest of highs when it comes to the Jesuits. This guy was sitting there, in my opinion, trying to infiltrate Japan's government on all levels and making sure that that could happen on behalf of the Jesuits to get back 
on their hundreds of brothers and sisters that were killed, you know, back fucking years and years ago, centuries ago. That's fascinating to me. Even the fact, too, that he spent his sick years in the Loyola house. That's the last name of the dude that founded the Jesuit society, right? So that kind of stuff, when it lines up, that's not something to just gloss over. So I'd be very interested to see what happens with Japan um, and, and like, you know, how they're going to play a part in this whole COVID thing. Cause there's something with COVID and this whole new world order idea, like more so than we think. It's kind of obvious, but there's a lot more to it as far as like the world economic form. Klaus, Klaus Schwab has been talking about this shit nonstop. And he's written for how old he is. He's written like seven books. That dude's not writing shit, man. Just like Hitler. Hitler Hitler didn't write Mein Kampf. That was a Jesuit that wrote Mein Kampf. And, you know, it's just, it's it's very interesting that these guys do these same things over and over again. Like we hear, they're not creative at all. They have to take from the past and reinvent the wheel, essentially. But not really. They're doing the same shit over and over again. And this is why people like you and me, I don't know about you, but I don't have a formal education. I know that you're intelligent. Um, I consider myself somewhat smart. I wouldn't say intelligent, you're but you know, I can put pieces. Oh, thank you. I can put pieces together. That's what I'm saying. And so can you, I'm sure Tara can too. You know what I mean? Like anyone, anyone that's really listening to this kind of shit can, can figure out that the same things are going on. And it blows my mind when people don't see that Bill Gates is part of this shit. He's not your friend. George Soros is not your friend. Shit. You know, I, if, for me being a Trump fan, I kind of had to admit that, you know, probably Trump's not really a good guy either. You know what I mean? All these people getting to that fucking level, they're not your friend, dude. They don't give a shit about these things. Um, and, and then, yeah, when you tie in that they're all just Jesuits, it's, it's fucking insane, dude. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we talked patterns, the patterns that emerge are really incredible, but it's, that's the way this structure works, right? They funnel these people in through certain groups. Yeah. Exactly, dude. So let me let me talk about some of these people real quick that are Jesuits. I'm not going to list too many, um, but I came across my list here. So first of all, and the most terrifying thing is eight of the nine Supreme Court justices are all Jesuit educated and all part of the Phi Beta Kappa uh, Jesuit fraternity order influenced by communist ideals. It's a Marxist fraternity. And, and again, that's Phi Beta Kappa. Eight of the nine Supreme Court justices all think the same way. But how is that possible? I think that, what is there, six Republicans, three Democrats? Fucking only one of them doesn't have the same education as the other, as the other nine. So that's the highest court in the land, and they're, they're all on one side. Really fucked up. I mentioned the Trumps. I mentioned the Bidens. Um, Gavin Newsom, who Gavin Newsom, uh, you know, corrupt governor of California, he was with uh, Trump's Trump Jr.'s uh, girlfriend um, before he was. So she just must like that Jesuit dick um, fucking the Podestas, those molesters out of the, the, the Pizzagate scandal. Um, they're Jesuits as well. Fauci, believe it or not, that's a shock. Right. And then you got the Cuomo's, the Cuomo family, not only the two brothers, the scumbag meatball governor and then the goddamn uh, fucking asshole anchor that, you know, it's just insane. And then also the, um, the, the father, obviously, too. That's kind of who got them all involved in this. But 
when you talk about these highest level people that are always on TV, Cuomo got a got an Emmy for his his work with COVID. And New York was one of the worst affected states. Believe in the virus or not, there was a lot of deaths there. Right. So it's it's just this ritualistic shit. He went through his embarrassment ritual when woman after woman after woman was accusing him of sexual harassment. Nothing happened. That was hot in the news for about a month. And then it just went away. That was an embarrassment ritual for him. You know what I mean? Um, Trump, you know, possibly that was his embarrassment ritual. He didn't show up to the um, the inauguration of Joe Biden. Um, I believe in those kinds of things. Do you, what do you think about like embarrassment rituals and like sacrifices and things like that? Well, that's definitely a part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I want to go back to something, though that I just found that relates uh, to what you mentioned before about George Washington okay. and possibly being connected to the Jesuits. But before straying away from what you just said, I mean, initiations go through certain levels and that's mm-hmm. part of it for these groups that are more nefarious. They're trying to shatter people's identity and, you know, they humiliate them so that they start to identify with the group rather than who they are right this obedience creation so but just like uh, the military like you said just like the military all disempowerment thank you sure sure yeah yeah absolutely good contribution good contribution right there (laughs) um let's see in the 18th century the jesuits with were charged with having an intimate connection with freemasonry and the invention of the degree of Kadash, so that's a degree within Freemasonry, was even attributed to those members of the society who constituted the College of Claremont. This theory of Jesuitical Freemasonry seems to have originated with the Illuminati. Let's see. Um, Where's the more George Washington? What a great band name, Jesuitical. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so they're definitely up in there, dude. Sorry, that was kind of a deflated. Oh, no, no, no. You're talking about George Washington. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but it it just seemed like the book had more to offer than that. Uh, But yeah, yeah, if people are interested, Leo Lyon, Zagami, Confessions of an Illuminati, is some stuff about the Jesuits in here, but not enough to really parse anything. I, I read this book years ago. And I put it in front of me thinking that there would be some interesting stuff here to jump at us. But, yeah, there's definitely – he also mentioned maybe more generally uh, that the Jesuits used to be kind of in the age of enlightenment, like a force of good trying to, uh, at least on the surface, fight the oppressive kings and and queens of that time to, uh, you know, release men from that constraint. But – well, dude, after, so listen, so so that two centuries that changed that the fact that you bring that up right now, I don't know if you, you um, I know I mentioned Albert Pike predicting the world wars. This was back in the 1800s. I, I want to say the 1880s. Um, he said that the first world war was going to be to dismantle the royal families. So it, it dismantled the monarchy. So Albert Pike, very, very high profile Freemason. Um, obviously knows some shit about the undertakings of this, what we would like to call the new world order, whatever you want to call them. Um, 
so the first world war is to get rid of the monarchies to to basically weaken them second world war is going to be again uh fascism against zionism that was what the fuck it was too you know what i mean and then like i said this third world war he's predicting that it would be um the christians and the islamists fighting against each other so that they weaken each other to a, a, a state so greatly that the Zionists can come in and take their rightful place as the rulers of the world. Now, this isn't me saying that Jews want to run the world or that Jews run the world. This is Albert Pike saying this. I'm just reiterating what he says. So um, I find that to be pretty accurate. He was two out of three so far. Um, just the the problem is when is the third going to kick up and, and what kind of shit are they going to do? I heard a good point that they're likely not going to use nukes in this kind of a thing. It would be something like an EMP. Because all these 5G towers going up, all of this infrastructure that's being built, if you truly use a nuclear bomb, if let's say China nuked the United States, they can't use this land anymore. You know what I mean? For like a long fucking time. So with an EMP, that would just like kind of disable the electronic, um, you know, infrastructure that's set up and it would make it so that they could just come back in after people, you know, starve to death. Um, you know, do all the, the shit that comes with like a, a power outage with, you know, it would, it blew my mind in Texas when it was snowing and these people hadn't really seen snow much and they're complaining that they don't have water to drink. It's like, motherfucker, take the snow and melt it. That's ice turns into water. You know what I mean? But they didn't like, that's how soft people are and how the lack of common sense for survivability. You know what I mean? Texans always talk about their guns. You're hungry. Go fucking shoot something. You know what I mean? Don't shoot a person or your dog or something, but there's all kinds of wildlife that that's running around. If you're that hungry, uh, it's just, it's fascinating how weak people are. And I know that people turn to cannibalism within five days of not eating. So if, if, you know, the power grid were to go down, where'd you, where'd you read that? Is that true? You've seen that happen? in your real life i don't know if i believe that no i didn't see it in in real life i saw it in my dreams dude okay this <laughs> happens no no it's just like a you know one of those statistics that gets thrown around right. it's probably like you know for some people it'd be like three days some people would be never you know what i mean but like the average person and you think about it dude have you got a day without eating it fucking sucks man it really does suck so you get the headaches you know all that shit so who knows but um it is a it is an interesting little kind of dynamic, and I heard a really cool theory that the pyramids all around the world back in like ancient times were essentially what we are using as five G towers today. So there were power there was a power grid, a lot of them on ley lines, a lot of them on these points throughout the world. Some are now underwater with the plates shifting and whatnot, and that's what with the denser population, the more spread out population. That's what these 5Gs are. The 5G towers are the reinvented pyramids. I don't know if you think that sounds stupid, but it kind of makes a little bit of sense. There's a lot of power that came from those. Yeah, no, I I think I don't think that sounds stupid in the sense that like, yeah, the pyramids were part of an energy grid. Yeah, whether people had cell phones connected to pyramids, I think that <laughs> that's totally different. No, but no, no, no. I, the I idea... always understood it as like a, a sort of psychic, uh, you know, vibrational energy that could be used yeah. as electricity, but also for other things like levitating uh, huge stones. Exactly. They weren't using cell phones, obviously. Um, they weren't uh, having light bulbs in their house or anything like that. 
but the power that was going around the world, the, the, uh, you know, electronic power or whatever kind of power you want to call it. That's how it was transmitted throughout the world was through this, this grid of pyramids. That's the idea with that. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, but I got a little more shit. Do you have much more here? No, I was, uh, I was just kind of flying by what you have, but there is one part of this, uh, this, cyclopedia that's a little more interesting on the uh, jesuits the society has been attacked and condemned in almost every country on the face of the earth but still maintains a vigorous existence and exercises extraordinary power in secular and religious matters the order has secret signs and passwords according to the degrees to which the members belong and as they wear no particular dress it is very difficult to recognize them unless they reveal themselves as members of the order for they may appear as protestants or catholics democrats or aristocrats i guess that was different back in the late 1800s <laughs> infidels or bigots according to the special mission with which they are entrusted there are spies everywhere and all apparent ranks of society and they may appear learned and wise or simple and foolish as their instructions run Jesuits are of both sexes and all ages, and it is a well-known fact that members of the order of high family and delicate nurture are acting as menial servants in Protestant families and doing other things of similar nature in aid of society's purpose. Hmm. So they're basically saying, yeah, the Jesuits are everywhere. They look, you know, like anybody. It could be anybody, but that just goes to show like how you know, the point of infiltration, like this is in the 1800s. This is why they're talking about, you know, Protestants versus Catholics and Democrats versus aristocrats as if there's some contrast there. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. it's, um, it's very well, interesting to see even back then, you know, they considered them, you know, spies and all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I've kind of found this to be the most true thing out of the democratic whole idea since they don't want a middle class, it's kind of interesting that like very, very poor people, like people collecting welfare, they tend to be Democrat. And also the hyper, hyper elite tend to be Democrat as well. You got a lot of middle class people that are Republicans, right? Or that identify themselves close well, to Republicans. I call yeah, myself independent. I'm, yeah, I know. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm up in Connecticut, so I know that very well, right? Yeah. I mean, the wealthiest county in the whole United States is Greenwich County, which is very super liberal, you know. But then again, there are very, very conservative people who are millionaires. Absolutely. The Koch brothers, yeah, too. billionaires. Yeah, so, so, yeah, billionaires too. So it does go on both sides. But you could see the way Connecticut votes were clearly Democratic. And that is just like you said, the poorest of the citizens here in this state are pretty much Democrat. And it seemed to me like there wasn't much thought that goes into it. It's just like, yeah, these are the people that are in our community. So we're going to go with them. And it's insidious, you know, the way the Democrats do that type of outreach and take advantage of people. But yeah, yeah it, it comes from that old Hegelian dialect, a Prussian thing. And that's not too far fetched from Rome, right? These yeah. are all connected, you know, these ideas, these people from these academic establishments and institutions you know they have created the framework through which generations afterwards have manipulated culture 
to, you know, take people away from what it means to be human beings. Yeah, and funnel dude. those who are so, you know, apt to take part in that insidious agenda into the right places to have those positions. Yeah, the useful idiots get tapped into big time too, dude. So, but yeah, man. So uh, I do want to get into some of the craziest shit that I found right now since we're we're nearing the end. Okay, um, Karen Hughes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's a former attorney for the World Bank. Okay, she very high profile, very you know well connected woman. Um, she believes that this big headed race of blue eyed who also the uh, the eyes are also very large too. This is the person that really floated the idea at a at a high profile level uh, that these little beings are living under the Vatican. I shouldn't call them little. That again, this is what the refer. She refers to them as the Homo Capensis. Again, probably Nephilim for like the more Christian people or whatever. And she, I mean, for someone like that, again, arguably a globalist, is she controlled opposition? Possibly. Um, or, it, or maybe she's just trying to make the Vatican look bad, or paint him in a bad light or whatever. But it is kind of uh, just an interesting thing. That'd be like, you know, everyone was it, everyone's always waiting on a president to come out and say, like, 100 percent without a doubt, there are aliens. You know what I mean? Um, just even if they're lying about it, it's it's something that for some reason a lot of people are waiting for. And um, I just find it kind of interesting that someone like this is talking about something that could be the Nephilim underneath the Vatican. This is why 60% of your tax dollars go to the Vatican, right? In her words, um, shit like that. It's all just to, 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 I don't know if they're feeding these things or what the deal is, dude, but it's very interesting. And I mentioned to you uh, last time we spoke, Mark, this Malachi Martin guy, he was a priest, okay? Got very, very high up in the Jesuits. And again, 1963, he talks about what happened in 1963. JFK was shot and he talks about a 1963 black mass ritual in St. Paul's Cathedral at the Vatican. Right. Cardinals installed Lucifer literally like he's not speaking metaphorically or in the spiritual realm. He says that the Cardinals installed Lucifer as the head of the church. So I don't know if this means that whoever has been pope since then. I know that there's been a couple um maybe they have the spirit of lucifer in them more so than the spirit of christ or whatever else they believe in right um but he he also says that these children like the the cardinals were taking children down there they were raping them to death they were doing horrible horrible things to these kids and it's all a luciferian ritual and what they do with these kids 99% of child molestation um, is Luciferian ritualistic type shit. Um, and I find that to be kind of true. If you look at like these hardcore pedophile mug shots, they, they don't look like they're humans, dude. Like they got something wrong with their eyes. You know what I mean? Like there's something, cause I'm always using that neighbors app where you can like look at all the pedophiles around, you know what I mean? And like your city, I'm always looking at these motherfuckers, dude. And they, they all have the same look of just like no joy. Um, they seem subhuman. You know what I mean? They really do. I'm not just saying that because you know that they're scumbags, but it's almost like you can pick them out on the street. You're like, Oh, that dude's a fucking pedophile. You know what I mean? Like it's, it seems maybe, maybe I just got a haunch for it or something, but it's just weird that, that this guy kind of said that. And it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but he started speaking out about this, this Malachi Martin, and he 
of course, died too. So right, right after he started speaking about it. So you don't move up in that Jesuit organization, turn your back on him, start speaking out about it, and then bail on him. And another thing with the 1963 and JFK connection is they have a um, portrait of JFK dead in his convertible when he was shot in Dallas and Jackie's holding him in her arms and it's just on the wall in the Vatican. Why the fuck is there a picture of a dead president in the Vatican? You know what I mean? And and I know what you're thinking, Mark. I know I haven't been there. I haven't seen it myself, but this no, is I'm what I, I, I take your word for that. I mean, that's different. That's not a subjective take, but yeah, I think that, you know, there's evidence to prove that I, I'm not going to put it on you to go there and look at it yourself. I don't want you to. Yeah, dude, fund the trip. I'll go, dude. I'll go. We'll go together. (laughs) Yeah, man. We'll see how dangerous this world actually is. Yeah, dude, we got to act like we're like crazy. They know I'll do it. Dude, I'll fucking do that shit, too. We should do a GoFundMe and just see if we can get that off. But um, and then so, yeah, I told you, too, about those the 1981 Marian apparitions in this fucking place is so hard to pronounce. Medjugorje, I believe is how it's pronounced. It's like this, um, uh, how they describe it, it's alleged, an alleged site. You said that was in Bolivia though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not in Spain. It's in, in it's like in between Bolivia. I can look it up on a map real quick. It's, 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 it seems like it's in Europe, which would fit in to what we're talking about here. Yeah, Medjugorje. It's right there by, so it's in by Bosnia and hers. I don't know what the fuck uh, this is. Herzegovina. It's in, it's in the Eastern, like Eastern Europe area. Yes. So oh, yeah, okay. it's, yeah. Did I say Bolivia? My bad. It's bees. You know, I know it's in a completely <laughs> different continent, but you know, Bosnia, Her- Herzegovina, Boston, Bosnia. It's the same shit, but no. So, so the, it's in this area between, um, it's in a town of Bosnia, okay? And these people in, in 81 saw the Virgin Mary on this mountain, okay? And in the 90s, in the early 90s, these three children were taken there. No one knows their names, but they're supposedly they were being groomed to be false prophets. And they got the instructions from the highest orders, like the highest people in the Jesuits to you know, sort of like lay out their agenda. They had a a schedule of when they were allowed to do it. And basically it's a familiar message that a lot of like religious uh, people have heard throughout time. And that's, you know, renounce your faith or die. And that's what they're supposed to be doing. Right. When I heard that, I was thinking about that Greta Thunberg girl, very young. She, she seems like she is too young to have been alive um, in the nineties or at least old enough to be groomed. She's what 18 now. Um, but we don't know her real age, right? She looks very young and she is preaching the message of climate change. And she's saying that, you know, everyone's going to die unless they subject themselves to this green new deal shit. And that kind of seems like a new religion to me. And it is something that everyone could in theory get behind, right? Because there's no God involved. The God in this case is the earth. And so that's why I find it to be, kind of coincidental that it's these young people they're going to become false prophets and essentially that's another unholy trinity um going against like the the holy trinity of the church and and of the bible and all that shit so not the most educated on the bible but i mean a lot of this shit makes sense to me and like kind of like that crazy comic book world type shit 
Yeah, I would. I, crazy comic book world is is really a fun way to describe it. But I think the truth is stranger than fiction. Really, yeah. when you start to go down these rabbit holes, you're like, oh wait, they're basing these comic books off true stuff because that's you know that's where all the most interesting things happen. I mean, yeah. I, every time I learn more conspiracies, I'm like, oh, this is like. You know what I saw on Captain Planet when I was a kid, or you know, like they yeah, yeah. they don't make that stuff up for whole cloth. It, it comes from real life, you know. And, and there's these secret evil groups out there, just like Cobra Kai or 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 Cobra, you know, G.I. Uh, Joe, you know, all of this stuff, man. It, it's real. It really is real. I think it's got to be predictive programming, and it's great to get the kids young. You know, like. Like like Eddie Bravo always says, like one of the first toys that you get as a kid is a globe. You know what I mean? So like it's pounded in your head. And I'm not a flat earther. I don't know what the fuck we're living on. But I do find that kind of interesting that it's right right away what you get is that globe. Um, so, yeah, dude, predictive programming is absolutely a real thing. Were you going to say something? Oh, do you see that? Behind no. Me? What was pendant? it? Oh, a globe, dude. <laughs> that's God, that's how you know where mind. that's how you know where Bolivia is, dude. Yeah, I'm always studying my globe. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. But no, dude. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing, man. Freaking, uh, um, what's her name? That Mother Teresa. She even got baptized right. in in India in the name of Shiva, dude. You know mm. what I mean? It's like, what the fuck are we talking about here? All these like holy people. It really is like what's up is down, and like you know, you don't know. I guarantee she had some Jesuit ties. I didn't really research that. Um, once I saw that she was, you know, connected to Shiva, the destroyer, I was like, okay, well, she's evil too. So it's fucked up, man. We're fucked. That's all I got to say. So you just got to be, uh, you got to wear headbands like that. And you got to just like, you know, live your best life, dude. Little poncho. That's cultural appropriation right there, dude. How I'm dressed. Yeah. The poncho. No way. A Mexican would be very mad. I'm sure. Oh, no, <laughs> that's okay. No, dude, I, I got like three of those, honestly. I'm only 25% Mexican, so I can only wear it above my shoulders. But well, Speaking of, uh, I'm about to have XG on the podcast next week. So speaking of Mexicans, you should have said... <laughs> That's funny, dude. That's awesome, man. What are you guys going to talk well, actually, about? Actually, yeah. Uh, no, XG said he would be down to do my family thinks I'm crazy. But yeah, I mean, I I got this from... Uh, I think I got it from a, a indigenous people's store like that they had at the mall how's that for cultural appropriation yeah they should be selling it out of a hut dude that's that's they fucked called up. It like native american goods you know it's some like mall yeah. in, in connecticut we've got one of those here in the tucson mall and it's like all turquoise it's like nice shit it's like nothing that they it's like gold and like diamonds it's like dude what the fuck are we doing here but yeah no you're right man um but yeah i, I mean i appreciate you guys getting together and just having a quick chat here um what's what's in the works for uh alt media united and M mftic this is the patreon portion that we're in and these are the most loyal of the um of the listeners and thanks to you and uh tinfoil hat my my patronage has gone up quite a bit so uh um, awesome. yeah spit to these people and uh let them yeah let no, them know thanks what's... for thanks for letting me uh join you for this awesome swap cast folks if you're hearing this right now and you got some more time on patreon you got my girl tara here we're doing some awesome podcasts together on the patreon nice uh, what tier podcast called scene 
the synchromistic experiment in the ever expanding now. And really my goal is to help people improve their lives, you know, and I think synchronicity is a big part of that. It's something that people understand and it's something that happens when you listen to podcasts. So I just really love being a part of this and, and people have been hitting me up more and more like, Oh, I got this synchronicity from listening. You know, I was listening to this and it matched up with this. So please, if you want, listen to my show and reach out to me. Tell me what you think. Tell me about your own personal stories. Tell me about your own personal synchros because we'd love to uh, talk to you. If you join the Patreon shit, we'll get you on scene. But uh, but yeah, a new yeah. episode that just came out, Dan Danunaki. I'm going to put a bunch of episodes out this week, so... Nice. It's yeah, coming you know, out Saturday, Friday for you though, right? Yeah, I'm gonna put this out Friday, but uh, you know the the free portion, the 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 freeloaders won't be able to hear this part. But you know, I, I'll give you a second to think about it, dude. But what is your best? Like, what is the most like profound synchronicity that that you have like experienced personally? And then while you're like kind of thinking about that, it is very true that the more information you take in whether it's even just movies whether it's podcasts whether it's books information that you're taking in the more you're getting out the more synchronicities and the more meaningful ones are gonna kind of occur in your life it's it's fascinating because like i used to not really ever experience any at any time um then i i think i heard first the term on grimerica because i'm relatively new to the whole podcasting community um i haven't even really been listening to podcasts for more than three years um, but you know, it's, it's a very interesting idea and I start experiencing, experiencing them when you hear the word synchronicity and you're like, okay, well, that means this. And then you, you go out in the world and you start, you start kind of like having them, you know, it's, it's fascinating, but yeah. you got one. Yeah. I mean, geez, Brian, I, uh, ever since I was a young man in school, I was studying this type of stuff and uh, it all blends together. It all blends together. So my life has been a series of synchronicities, but the most profound and the most interesting is this one sitting right here next to me. All the synchronicities, I'm all plugged in, but all the synchronicities that have gone on between Tara and I in the past, uh, what is it? 20 days now? By by the time this is released, it'll be, you know, almost 24 days we've spent together uh, side by side. But we've been together for, what is it, three months now? You guys yeah. living together now? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, so, and- yeah, this is, I mean, this is really synchronistic and, and I cherish her and I appreciate her and uh, I love her, you know, so this is really this is the synchronicity that I have to say is the most profound. <laughs> Why is that? Is it because it's like you guys think that you're kind of the same person or, or like. Synchronicity brought us together. Yeah, no, synchronicity was more of an action than a describing term. Like our relationship is synchronistic in many ways, but synchronicity brought us together. Yeah. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, like, hey, as long as you guys are happy, you know what I mean? And that's all that really matters. And you guys look pretty happy. So, um, yeah, no, I, I do really very much a appreciate conversation. Yeah, that's actually we're going to be getting into a little bit about that on scene and uh, maybe another podcast that we have in the works. So I'm not really ready to talk about it yet. Okay. But- yeah, well, I'm glad you said that, Tara, because I was going to say, like, you didn't really give me an answer, but that's a that's perfect. You know, as long as you guys 
found each other and you're happy, that's great. You know, this is not going to turn into a relationship podcast on my end, but Hey, you guys can do that all you want. You know what I mean? I'm not a matchmaker here. I'm, I'm not a, I don't have any advice for anyone. And if I gave someone advice, they should do the opposite. Quite frankly, well, we're in the dangerous world podcast right now. So we're trying to keep our guard up a little bit, Ryan. Yeah, dude, you never know what's going to happen. This world. <laughs> now, man, I, I really do appreciate you guys. Um, thank you very much. Both of you for hopping on um, plug away here really quick again, just for the patrons, but I will plug in the beginning of the, uh, at, at the intro there. Yeah, like you mentioned, altmediaunited.com. That's the podcast cooperative that I founded. If you have a podcast and you want to get some support or be a part of a community of like-minded individuals, email me at altmediaunited at gmail.com. Pretty soon I'll have a mark at altmediaunited.com. But until then, altmediaunited at gmail.com. And of course, my podcast, which you might be listening to because this is a swap cast. Uh, my family thinks I'm crazy. They really do. Tara is my co-host. I have a couple different friends that co-host with me every now and then. But Tara is the main co-host. And we've had a bunch of really awesome guests on in the past month. Those episodes will be released. I'm planning on putting out a couple uh, before this one comes out as a swap cast. But yeah, Dan Danunaki, we got into the box saga. I just talked to Tino Sanchez about CBD, cannabis, COVID, all this different stuff. Uh, Laura Lenhard, which nobody knows who that is because she's someone who I've known for probably like six or seven years. She's a psychic medium and tarot card reader, and she is in my area. So that's why I know that. She probably hasn't been on any podcasts, but yeah, she's pretty dope. And, and we had a really awesome conversation on my podcast and many, many more interesting interviews to come, folks. We're doing awesome. this live and full time. Wonderful. Wonderful. And that is the most excited I've seen you all episodes. So that lets me know that this was a good episode. Okay. So no, no. I've, I've been, I've been hitting <laughs> the books over here, dude, trying to keep up with you, dude. You had so much information this time. Oh, thank you. I have, I have a whole, I have seven books that were on my desk just trying to keep up with this. Cause I wanted to bring something fresh, you know, Jesuits is not my forte, but I have a lot to say about it. You know, no, yeah, it, it was, I, I do, yeah, I think dope. people like the source information too, you know? And that's the thing I was going to ask you, do you do much research online or is it you try to stick with books? I do. <laughs> dude, my research used to be only online. Yeah. Yeah. I like online. The internet's become so different now for me that I, I feel like I'm not like even using the same. I got to find different websites, but yeah, no, mostly books now. Cause this, this is part of the synchronicity, man. Like, Maybe I can work that into the computer somehow with like a randomizer, but uh, but with books, I truly feel like certain books call to me, and that's become more more potent uh, place to do my research because it aligns with my purpose a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I have so many different books that like I could pull out six or seven books that have something to say about the Jesuits and. This is the result of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. I like the the more historical stuff that you brought in because that's what Brandon used to do, dude. And I am not big on history. Like, I enjoy it. I think it's fascinating. And I think it is very important. But, it, you know, just uh, I like the the crazy shit, like the, the Mark guy talking about the demonic, you know, sacrifices well, you going know on what? under the Vatican. 
here's a here's a interesting thing. Maybe we can do a podcast about this in a couple of weeks after Tara and I do some more research. But uh, Exodus, Andreas Exodus, past guest on your show, yeah, yeah. when he was in my show, um, when he was on Tinfall Hat, he mentioned that Mark Twain was drinking adrenochrome. And yeah, yeah, and I actually drove by the Mark Twain house last night, like in Connecticut. So we we're right here in the place to do the research. So I'm going to come back with more because I think what's really cool is like people out there listening to the podcast where you're living right now could be somewhere full of history that you can find yourself. I mean, Ryan, there's plenty of things in Arizona that go back thousands of years that you could research. And then you might find more interest in history because you're actually like getting out and looking at it with your own eyes. and your Sure. Own yeah. 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 I so. mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think, like I said, history is very interesting and it's important. But um, like I said, like for me, the most interesting thing that we have here is like the Skinwalker or Sedona. You know what I mean? Well, no, no, no. And the, there's all these things in Phoenix because it's built by Freemasons. So yeah. you can look at all that. I mean, I'll, we'll talk off air. I'll send you some really cool stuff. But for people listening who are like, ah, give me something. Corey Daniels has all this really great research. PhoenixEnigma.com. I would recommend if you're in Arizona, you need to know what Corey Daniels is doing. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then like my listeners, maybe your listeners, I don't know if this, yeah, this, you don't have the, you're not putting this on the Patreon, right? So um, Philip Marshall, dude, look up Philip Marshall. He's a, a very interesting guy, exposed, uh, kind of blew the whistle on Pinal Air Park, which if you look at Pinal Air Park, looks like a dump. Um, but he said that three of the 19 hijackers were trained at this air park uh, for 9-11, and then he ends up dying a few months later. If you look up his books on uh, YouTube, uh, or not on YouTube, where the fuck you get books on YouTube, Amazon, they're, they go for between his second book goes for between two and four hundred dollars. His third book goes like it can get up to a thousand dollars for a, so, a fucking paperback book. Um, I look for them every day when I'm at um, at uh, used bookstores and stuff. It's Philip Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. Um, but yeah, this dude died in a murder suicide. He killed his 13 and 14 year old kids in the house, killed himself. And the neighbors in his California home said that an unmarked cleaning crew came to clean up the crime scene before uh, the the police did. So very interesting little story there. Did a whole episode on it. So, um, yeah, man, let me know. Keep me posted, you guys. I Very, very good luck to you both with your ventures in the podcasting world. I think you're going to do great. Um, and again, Mark, thank you for connecting me with Sam, man. You blew my audience up. It's It's very, very awesome. So. Not Thank me, it's Tim Full Hat, brother. I just put the cool people in the place to have the fun conversations, and you knocked it out of the park. You had a fucking kick-ass conversation, so Thank it's you. all you, dude. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm gonna have to buy a couple of his. I'm gonna have to buy a couple of his t-shirts just for the uh, the help that he gave me there. So I appreciate you guys. We'll wrap this up. Um, obviously we'll continue talking here, but thank you all very much, uh, for listening to my Patreon portion. Mark's giving it out for free a day later. So, um, you know, obviously lots more content here on the Patreon for just $3. Patreon.com slash dangerous world. You already know. So thank you guys. Stay very safe out there and I'll talk to you again very soon, Mark. Monday. 
You're listening to My, my family, family Thinks I'm, I'm Crazy Podcast. Instead, because Mark is bananas. Host Mark Palmer. Man, if they haven't figured it out yet. 